tomorrow and somebody tonight. Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. Oh, my soul. Somebody, you want to let your voice in the house tonight one more time. Come on, everybody.
Come on, somebody tonight. Great is morning by morning, morning by morning. I see all I have needed and all I a faithful God. He's not a man that he would like. All I have needed, I have provided. Great is thy faithfulness. And Lord, maybe it doesn't make much sense to you say, hey, I mean, all could no quarry for. Mommy! Shalom, 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 shalom. Shalom, evening people of God. Shalom, evening church. Please, I believe you are all doing well. thank God for your lives by the special grace of God myself and my family we are doing well God bless you Lati God bless you mommy may the grace of God be strong upon you and your family in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus I pray for total healing over your body from the crown of your head even to the soles of your feet may the hand of the Lord shield and cover you from every form of sickness in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus. Amen. Glory to Jesus. Sunday glory. God bless you, daughter. May the covering of the Lord 
be upon your life. May the Lord shield your destiny even from every assignment of the enemy. You will do greater works for God. And may the Lord preserve your son's life in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus. Man of God, Adam Fopa, God bless you and open the heavens for you and cause you to walk in greater increase, even in his grace and anointing. In the mighty name of the Lord Jesus, amen. Hallelujah. You are covered. You are covered. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Hallelujah. All right. So we have entered spiritually into a new state of weather condition that is actually not going to be favorable to people at all. But then we pray that the blood of Jesus will shield and cover all of us even from the attacks of the enemy in the mighty name of Jesus. Any form of poisoning, whether through food, through water, anything, may the blood of Jesus deliver you from that poison in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus. Amen. So please, I would warn you all to be very careful with the kind of foods that you eat in this season especially the singles you have to be very careful those of you who don't know how to cook who love to buy food outside i, I would urge all of you to be quite careful hallelujah some of us dear god has saved us even from the handiworks of some witches we are we are married so any food poison can be hallelujah so I pray for all those who are single. May the covering of the Lord be upon you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Alright, so anytime you buy food, just thank God for the food. When you sense something that you shouldn't buy the food, don't buy it. Don't follow the aroma of the food. To go and buy poison. Please, block your nostrils. And let the Lord speak to you. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Alright, God bless you. Kindly share the link. I want to welcome all of you to this evening session of our prophetic training. And um, I think for the past three weeks we've been handling the matter even of the chemistry of God. And we have laid foundations. We have understood Mami Buedua, how are you doing? It's been a while. May the hand of the Lord be strong upon you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. So we have understood the chemistry of God. Now we understood that chemistry from all of its sources actually is speaking we thank God. I thank God for your life, Mami Buedu. I'm doing well by God's grace. God bless you. God bless you. So we understood that chemistry actually originated from Egypt. And it was actually known as black land or black soil from its root meaning. And um, we later also understood that 
it also comes from a word that means to mix things together to mix things together and also came from another word which means to bring something to a transformation transforming something so chemistry in its absolute sense according to the scientific definition that we have it is the branch of science that actually deals with the composition of things and the changes that they undergo are you getting it the composition of things so right now when you take a paper let's say just a sheet of paper that sheet of paper is composed of certain things that scientists will normally call elements and also go deeper to call them atoms so everything that is in this world is composed of atoms and according to chemistry atom actually becomes the the smallest indivisible um, particle in anything so anything that you see in this world your hair when we, we take one strand of your hair it is actually composed of other things hmm? so your hair is composed of certain elements and those elements are actually achieved as a result of the coming together of tiny tiny particles called atoms so when we say an element we are actually speaking of um, when some kind of atoms group together even to form a particular um, thing so that which is formed after atoms have come together is known as an element so the atom becomes the tiniest particle when you come to the biology of god we will also now understand what we call cell cell because according to biology cell is the basic unit of life but then in chemistry atom becomes the smallest indivisible particle so we have to come into the place where we do what we call biochemistry and in biochemistry we are now going to link the atom even to the cell and know which is which hallelujah so the lord is going to grant us grace so when you go into the into science we have biochemistry we have biophysics you see so all these are there that will grant us divine knowledge into the plan of god so there is nothing that we see in this world that is not composed of something so according to biology even you when we take your liver the liver that is in your body right now when we take your liver your liver is actually composed of cells so plenty cells actually came together are you following when plenty cells came together they formed what we call a tissue and when these tissues came together trying to fulfill a particular purpose they they also came out with what we call a system 
Are you getting it? So the tissues will come together to form an organ. Then when organs join together to fulfill a particular task, they are actually known as a system. So you see, all these things brings us deep understanding even into what God is trying to achieve. Are you getting it? So before you have, your liver is an organ. Now that should tell you that your liver is composed of tissues. Now these tissues also are composed of cells. So you can go into the deepest part of your liver to know the very core of your liver. That is the main reason why when you go to the hospital and we want to know if somebody has a liver problem, we don't cut the person's stomach to bring out the liver and check it. No. Because the liver is originally and basically composed of cells, and these cells actually move through um, the bloodstream because the blood is a tissue that is also composed of cells. And what the blood does is that the blood runs through every part of the human body, taking oxygen to all the tissues, so that the tissues will use the oxygen to, you know, prepare energy for the organs and the other parts of the body. Are you following? Don't get confused though. I'm just breaking things down for all of us to understand. So relax, relax. You be the and sister Jai. Listen to what we are talking about. It will bless your destiny. Hallelujah. You see, if you want to really understand God's creation, you have to be a scientist. You have to intentionally love science. Else you will not understand God's creation. You will just understand what they are, they are used for. Are you listening to me? Yes. Because you see, there is what we call money. Now, we have a lot of business people here. Your field is business. And because of that, you know what money is used for. You can make investments to, to get money. You can sow seed to also get money. You can do a whole lot of things to get money. So you see, you are using a certain created object to get money, but you understand what it is used for. But then, scientists don't really look at what the thing is used for. We want to know what the thing is composed of. What at all is money? How did we get money? What came together to form money? Then this thing will take us back into when money started. Are you getting it? That is what scientists do. They love to know the very detail, the, the core of something. They want to know how the whole thing started. So through research, we now came to understand that there was nothing like money in the ancient times. So if I needed pepper for my stew, I don't, want, I don't need to go to somebody and give the person money to get the pepper. The only thing I needed to do was that I need to look for somebody who has pepper, who is looking for something that I have, 
Maybe I need pepper to prepare my stew, but I don't have, but I have salt. Somebody also has pepper and the person needs salt. So we'll just go and do butter trade. I will give some of my salt to the person and take pepper. So this was the only thing that was there. But then it became a problem because whenever I need pepper to prepare my stew urgently, and I have salt, but nobody needs salt. It means that I will not get pepper. Are you getting it? So in the times of old, you only got what you wanted when somebody was in need of what you have. And that was the system that was operating. But then as time went on, people realized that it was taking them longer hours to actually get what they wanted because it, they, have, they have to walk around and look for somebody who is in need of what they also have so that they can exchange it to get what they want. So they sat down and decided that they are going to bring out something that will stand in the form of money where everybody in that vicinity will accept that, okay, now we can use this one to buy something. So they started having measurements. And the thing that started that they used for money was called barley. Now, barley was a cereal. It was like millet. It was like wheat. Those kind of um, things. Like this, that wheat they used for cerealac and other things. That was how barley was like. It was something they used to eat. But then, if you have... Um, a bottle that is, let's say, 300 mils um, in its measurement, and you fill it with barley. So a 300 mil bottle of barley can maybe buy one bottle of oil, which is also maybe 300 mils or maybe 100 mils. So you see, that means that barley is now being used as money. And because of that, there were a lot of farmers who were planting barley in their own farmlands. But because it was used as money, many people would sneak into people's farms to go and harvest their barley. So by the time you wake up, you go to your backyard and everything has been harvested. That means you have no money. And because that is the only thing that was now used to buy things, if it is stolen, you cannot buy anything. So it was from that moment that they had to switch from the thing being what we call barley, which is an edible cereal, to what we call shells. So now they landed in what we call shells. So they started focusing on animals who, who had shells covering them. So they started focusing on oyster shells. They started focusing on what we call I see the spirit of the Lord come upon you. The Holy Ghost sent from heaven. Can you hear me please? Good. So they started focusing on shells, animals with shells. So they were focusing on oyster shells. They were focusing on 
um, calories. But then all those shells that they were using as money, they were coming from certain animals that lived in the oceans. So it was also very difficult for them to get these shells. But then if you are able to get to maybe a certain part of the sea, um, sometimes the sea waves will push some of these shells. When those animals die, their shells will roll, will, will be rolled by the sea waves or tides. So you can get to the seashore and you find plenty of them. So most of the time, people used to wake up very early at dawn. Some of them, even midnight, they will not even sleep. They will sit at the seashore waiting for the sea waves and tides to bring some um, you know, shells because that was used as money. Even in Ghana, calories was our currency. And when you look at some of our um, coins, you still have the picture of calories on them. And I already told you that it, the calories, when you come to Chi, it is called Sidie. When you come to Fanti, it is called Sidie. And that was how come Ghanaians got their currency Sidie. Our currency Sidie actually came as a result of this thing called calories. And these calories have a whole lot of properties. A whole lot of properties. Now listen to me carefully. Now, it was not just anything that came to their minds for them to say, okay, now let us go and use shells of animals. Because these shells of these animals were also called as Pearls. Don't forget what I'm saying. Pearls. So when you read the Bible, there are pearls and there are precious stones. Are you following? They are not the same. But all of them have certain um, monetary values. Are you, are you following? Good. But the thing is, not all pearls are gems. There is what we call a gem. And there is what, you see, when we speak of a gem, you are actually talking about something that is first rare. You find it very difficult to find them. Second, has a, a high monetary value. Third, it has a kind of beauty that is very beautiful. Fourth, something that is quite transparent that you can look through. Fifth, something that can shine. So for something to qualify to be a gem, it must carry all these characteristics or properties. Once you fall in any of these properties or characteristics, you are not considered as a gem. So we have gem pearls and we have gem stones. But most of the pearls are actually found in the sea. Or may, let me say at the seashore, mostly from the shells of animals. 
Don't forget, we are still doing the chemistry of God and we'll get back into the deepest dimension of things. Now, don't forget, the word of the Lord said something in the book of the Revelation of Jesus. Chapter 21. Now, this is John the Revelator. He was carried by an angel of the Lord to a tall mountain. And once he was standing on the mountain, he saw the new Jerusalem, the heavenly Jerusalem, the city of God. And he said when he saw the city of God, it had 12 gates. And on the 12 gates, you had four on the three on the eastern side, three on the western side, three on the northern side, and three on the southern side, making it four. And each of the gates had a name of the 12 disciples of Jesus Christ written on them. Are you following? Now, whilst John was looking at the Jerusalem city, he also began to see that that one city had 12 foundations. That one city had 12 foundations. And these 12 foundations, let me read the scripture to you so that um, you understand what we are talking about. The book of the Revelation of Jesus Christ, chapter 21. Are you with me? Revelation chapter 21, verse 21. Revelation of Jesus Christ, chapter 21, verse 21. He said, the 12 gates were 12 pearls. Take note, they were 12 pearls. He didn't say 12 stones. The 12 stones were the foundations. The 12 foundations were made of the 12, were made of 12 stones. But then the 12 gates were made of pearls. Then he said, each gate made of a single pearl. The great street of the city was of gold as pure as transparent glass so the 12 gates were made of pearls each gate from a single so you see the gates the 12 gates of the the 12 gates of the jerusalem city the new jerusalem was made of the gates were made of pearls and i'm showing you what pearls are Are you following? So there is a difference between a stone and a pearl. Mostly pearls are gotten from the sea. So cowrie can be a pearl. 
But then, these two, whether they are pearls or they are stones, they need to qualify through certain characteristics before they can be a gem. So there are stones and there are gemstones. Not all stones are gems and not all pearls are gems. But every pearl has a monetary value. So the more you qualify as a pearl to be a gem, the more you increase in the monetary value. Are you following? Good. Nice one. So that was just by the way. I was just trying to let us all um, understand some few things. Hallelujah. So now let's move on. So in our understanding, we came to a point of conclusion that anything, anything in this world has composition. There are certain things that came together to form that thing. Trying to know what a particular thing is composed of is chemistry. And then the kind of changes that happen in that particular thing when exposed to other things is also part of chemistry. So in studying chemistry, we are looking at composition of things and the changes that they undergo. Very, very, very important. That is why you should understand that man, Adam, was not like us. Adam was a glorious being that was made by God. But when he ate of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, he changed from being that glorious body to become flesh and blood. So first, Adam's body was composed of something. And the tree of the knowledge of good and evil was also composed of something. So the moment the tree of the knowledge of good and evil entered into Adam, what happened was that his original nature changed and he became flesh and blood. So now, the chemistry of God here is when we are trying to go back to know what Adam was made of and what changes that Adam went through for him to become flesh and blood. This is basically what we are talking about. That is connecting to man. Because man is not the only chemical, um, let me see, composite being that God has made. Many of them. Now this will help us to understand the chemical composition of manna. <laughs> this one, you will not find it in the Bible. The chemical composition of manna. When you understand that, you will know why the body of angels is different from our bodies. Are you getting it? Because according to the word of God, manna is angels' food. So angels eat manna. And we all know that angels have a certain kind of body that is different from our bodies. Angels can walk through walls. We cannot do it. 
when you read the Bible, the word of the Lord says that the first time manna came to, to the place where the Israelites were, it fell. And when they woke up one morning, they realized that quails, quails, they realized that quails had covered the whole land. Are you following? Now I want to look at what a quail is. Now, quails are a certain dimension of beds. Hmm? type of, so you can go and search, you, you'll find it. Why quails? Why did God use quails? When the Israelites woke up, they came out of their tents and they saw plenty quails that have surrounded the land. And they were like, ah, what are these birds doing here? And the Bible said, when the quails moved, they, when they flew, the Israelites saw some whitish round substances, plenty of them on the floor. So the quails had actually covered those substances. And when the quails flew and the Israelites saw those whitish round round substances, they were shocked like, what is this? What is this? And that statement, what is this, in Hebrew was actually manna, manna, manna. So the word manna means what is this? It is not a name. It is just a question that the Israelites asked. What is this? What is this? So they didn't know. So they began to call it, what is this? But the word of the Lord told us that when the children of Israel were in the wilderness, they ate angels' food. That is manna. So God was trying to con connect manna and the body of Jesus Christ. And God said, when our forefathers ate angels' food, they died. But then when we eat of his body, we shall not die. <laughs> This actually speaks of a certain mystical dimension, which we'll get into that later. But the beautiful part of this is that the Bible says, any, the, the manna mostly came very early in the morning. When the sun has not started shining, because the moment the sun begins to shine, the moment the sun begins to shine, the manna starts dissolving. It will dissolve. But without the sunlight, the manna is strong. Mm. Now, we all know that as normal human beings that we have become now, without the sunlight, we can't eat food because it is the sun that gives us the chlorophyll for plants even to prepare their own food for us to eat is that also good and that is photosynthesis but then this kind of food when the sun shines it destroys it that means that that food does not need the sun 
You're going to be getting my point. Let me give you the secret. <laughs> no matter the matter, in God's universe, everything that we eat is light. In God's universe, everything that we eat is light. But light in different frequencies. So manna was also produced by a certain kind of light, which is not the sun. But what we have here is also, the food we eat here is also produced by a certain kind of light, which is the sunlight. Now when you look at the tabernacle of Moses that they built in the wilderness, you realize that it had three dimensions, the outer court, the holy place, and the most holy place. The outer court was opened, and it, the sun was its light. So everything that was in the outer court received light from the sun. But then when you enter into the holy place, the only light of that place is the light that is from the seven candlesticks or the seven lampstands, which the word of the Lord in the book of the revelation of Jesus Christ gave us the mystery of the seven lampstands. And he said, it, it is a representative of the church. Are you following? And no wonder when you enter into the holy place, you find the table of showbread. So the light of the church is actually what gives that source even to that dimension of bread which the priests eat. But then, when you enter into the most holy place, the only light source that is there is the Shekinah glory of God, which appears above the mercy seat between the cherubim. Now, in all these dimensions, there, is, there are lights, but the degree or the frequency of light are not the same. The sunlight cannot be compared to the light that is in the church. What is the light that is in the church? Jesus told us in the book of Matthew chapter 5, even verse 14, he said, we are the light of this world. Now, that kind of light that we are is way, way higher than the sunlight. That is the light that is in the church, which is found in the holy place. But then, when we go deep into the most holy place, that is where we find the very, very, very glory of God, which is the Shekinah glory. Are you following? And that is that kind of light that we are about to meet in the ages to come. When we, we come to face-to-face -face contact with that light, we, when we come out, we have changed. This is the dimension of light that Moses encountered when he went into the mountain to meet the Lord 40 days and 40 nights. And when Moses was coming out, the Bible said he did not know that his face was shining. So we have been called to a higher place. Are you following? Good.
good. Now, you see, the beauty of this whole thing is that, you see, if you look at the tabernacle that God instructed Moses to build, God was so strict on the parameters, the measurements. God, he was so strict. He said, if you, the outer court should have this cubit, this cubit. Now, when the Bible makes mention of a cubit, in chief, we call it basafa. Basafa. Now, cubit actually is the length that is between your elbow and the tip of your finger. Your elbow and the tip of your finger. That is one cubit. In fact, so the chief got it right. The chief said basafa. Because basa actually means from your shoulder to the tip of your finger. So basafa there means half of that kind of length. So anytime the Bible makes mention of a cubit, don't forget it. Put that at the back of your mind. It will help you. Because this chemistry of God we are doing will shift very soon to what we call the mathematics of God. And you need to understand the basics. Why was God so strict? Giving specific numbers. Why? That is because the word of the Lord said, God, when Moses was on the mountain with the Lord 40 days and 40 nights, God already took him to heaven to see the temple that was in heaven. And God said he should come and build that tabernacle according to the pattern that he saw in the heavens. So God showed Moses a certain temple in heaven and he gave specific measurements to Moses to come and build a tabernacle that is in parting with that which is in heaven. So the, the measurements that God is giving is actually speaking of a certain heavenly pattern. Are you following? Now when you read the book of Exodus chapter 25 and 26, you will understand the measurements and you will know the measurements that God gave. But then, when you look at, I want to open your eyes on something. You see, this tabernacle thing that God instructed Moses to build, people of God, it was God's whole agenda for the whole world. Are you following? It is God's whole agenda for the world. But then, God would help us and grant us understanding bit by bit by bit by bit into these things for us to know. Are you following? Now you see, so the whole world is on a journey. The whole world is on a journey. So from when you do the calculations of the parameters or the measurements that were used to make the outer court, it is actually 15 cubits, 20 cubits, and 15 cubits. Are you following? Now, if you begin to look at these measurements, according to calculations, 
you know the when you do the calculations you are going to get good so it was it was actually 10 cubits 10 cubits by 15 so 15 by 10 by 10 or 10 by 15 by 10 and when you multiply them you're actually going to get 1500 now when you look at the whole human race you will understand that from the time that the Israelites were taken out of Egypt throughout their wilderness journey. So when the law came, so when the law came on Mount Sinai, from that period to the moment where Jesus was born and started his ministry was 1,500 years. So that clearly depicts what was happening. Are you getting it? So when you calculate the measurement of the outer court, you are going to get 1,500. And that actually explains the 1,500 years between the period where the law was given and the period where Jesus was born to start his earthly ministry. So this whole thing is actually speaking about the human race. Are you following? Good. And when you enter into the holy place, which is the second dimension, now understand that during the time where the law was active, that was actually what God, what was happening in the outer court. And we all know what was happening in the outer court. We had the brazen altar and we had the the liver or the basin of water so the lord the the era or the age of the lord so you see when you begin to go into dispensational um, theology and eschatology you will know that according to them these three dimensions of the temple speaks of three ages the first age, which actually connects to the outer court, speaks of the age of the law and the prophets, which is the 1,500 years, calculated through the 15 by 10 by 10, or 10 by 15 by 10. So that age speaks of the time when the law was given to the Israelites through Moses and the period when Jesus was born. Now, from the period that Jesus was born and he executed his ministry, we now moved into what we call the church age, which actually speaks of the holy place. Are you following? And that holy place is actually, um, you know, identified by the seven lampstands, which speaks of the church. 
Now that period, when you look at the calculation even of that um, when you look at the measurement, that one too was 10 by 20 by 10. 10 by 20 by 10. We won't speak of 10, all these 10, 20 things. We are actually talking about length, breadth, and height. Hallelujah. So don't get confused. So the holy place, which was the place where the seven lampstands or candlesticks, which symbolizes the church, was. The measurements were 10 by 20 by 10. And when you calculate them, you are going to get what we call an amount of 2,000. So a space of 2,000 and above years actually is this age of the church. So currently, as we, the, the age that we find ourselves in is the age of the church. It is the age where there is the, the church fulfilling God's original mandate. Are you following? Good. Then when you move into the most holy place, the most holy place, that place is actually what we call a perfect cube. Perfect cube. When we speak of a cube, we are talking about a certain structure whose length, breadth, and height are the same. Well, so when you look at a ludo die, the length, breadth, height, they are all the same. So we normally call it a perfect square. But are you getting it? When you look at a ludo die, no place is longer or bigger than any place. They are all the same. So that is to tell us that the most holy place is a perfect square. So all its sides will be the same. And the sides of the most holy place will be 10 by 10 by 10, which gives us 1,000. Now, according to dispensational theology, this 1,000 years actually speaks of the millennium, the 1,000 years reign that Jesus will come to the earth to reign. Now, we now understand that that realm in the most holy place the only light that is there is the Shekinah glory of God. Now, we all know according to the book of Hebrews chapter 1 verse 3 that Jesus Christ is the express image of God's glory. So he is actually the shining light that appears even in the most holy place when the priest enters to commune with God. Are you following? So now when the priest enters into the most holy place, is going to have an encounter even with the Shekinah glory, the light of God's glory. Are you following? So according to that aspect of um, eschatology and theology, they believe that the day Jesus will descend, which is called the day of the Lord. You remember what the Bible says that the Bible said that the path of the righteous it's like a shining light which shines brighter and brighter onto a perfect day. So the whole path of the righteous started from the outer court. Which light 
is shining brighter. But then when you enter into the holy place, it shines brighter again. But then when you enter into the most holy place, you now come to the perfect day. Now that perfect day is called the day of the Lord. That is the very day the Lord Jesus will descend. According to the book of 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, even verse 16 and 17, where the Bible says that the Lord himself will descend with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and even with the last trumpet call of God. And the Bible said what will happen is that the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain, we shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet with the Lord in the air and forever we shall be there with the Lord. Now when that moment is when we call the changing because we are coming to meet face to face with the glory of God. That is the place we get our glorious bodies. That is the moment we are changed from the very atomos, atoms of our being. Is somebody getting what is happening here? So when you go back into the ancient times, from Adam to Moses is an age of 2,500. From Adam to Moses. And from Moses to Jesus is 1,005, which speaks of the outer court. So from Adam to Moses, the men were not even in the journey. Only few people were caught up. But then when Moses came, how the whole thing started through Abraham, that was when the whole journey started. Are you following? Good. Good. Now, this should give you a basic understanding um, on what we are actually talking about. You see, there must be a need of change in our bodies because we were not like this. We were not like this. Something has changed in us. Are you following? Great. Beautiful. Beautiful. Now, let me help all of us. So we now understood that God made man of pure gold. Now, that word pure gold does not mean that man was a golden color. No. Man was transparent. 
as glass. So we read the scripture. That said that the whole city of Jerusalem was made of pure gold, transparent as glass. So, good. When we read the book of Revelation chapter 21, even from verse 18, the Bible says, And the building of the wall of it was of jasper, and the city was pure gold like unto clear glass. Look at that. The city was pure gold as a clear glass. Now, when we look with the little understanding we know and we have, there is a difference between gold and glass. Don't you know that? The little understanding, the little knowledge we have. When you look at glass and you look at gold, you know gold is quite yellowish. Glass is something colorless that you can even see through. You can't even see through gold. That is what we know. But that's not how the gold of God is like. That is why the Bible says the gold on that land of Havila is good. It is not like the other gold. <laughs> so even the gold that was used to make the whole city of Jerusalem, the Bible says that it is as clear as glass. That was how our bodies used to be like. Are you following? Now, what is glass? When you look at what glass actually is, glass, normal glass, you know that it's mostly composed of a certain element called silicon. Is somebody following? We are doing proper chemistry. Glass was made of a certain element called silicon. Now, mostly, most people call silicon cards. Q-U-A-R-T-Z. Cards. What is silicon? What at all is this thing called silicon? We'll go into that very, very soon. We'll start talking about the stones. But then, don't forget that the atomic number of silicon, good, good, some of you are there, the atomic number of silicon on the periodic table is 14. Don't forget. 14. Now, when you look at silicon as 14, right above silicon, right above silicon in the periodic table is carbon, which is 12, which is, sorry, 6. 
Are you following? So I think you all should go and download your periodic table now. Are you following? So what at all is in this silicon? What at all is in this silicon? We'll go deep into that and um, the Lord will help us. But then I want you to understand that what makes something more transparent as in glass is silicon. So whilst man's body was made of pure gold, it had a certain dimension of silicon in it. Now, do you know that most of the sand in the tear that we see in our world is actually composed of silicon oxide? Most of the sand that we see. Are you following? Good. Yeah, they call it silica. Now, okay, let me, let me bring you back a little so that you don't get confused. But don't forget that glass is mostly made of silicon. We'll now go deep into what silicon is, looking at its atomic number. And why carbon is right above it? Because when you look at the human nature, right now, this is your physical body. Can you all hear me, please? So when we look at this, your physical body, it is actually composed of 65% of oxygen. Then we have about 18.5% of carbon. Then we have about 9.5% of hydrogen. We have about 3.5% of nitrogen. Then the rest 3.5% is for other chemicals and elements. So it looks like when we look at this, your physical body, it cannot survive without oxygen. Because oxygen has a greater percentage in the makeup 
of your human body. Are you following? Good. But then, we need to have a little understanding about something. Do you know that if somebody decides to levitate, or let me say to rise up and go into the clouds, the more you are going up and up and up and up, the oxygen content in the air will start reducing. And when the oxygen content in the air starts reducing, you will start suffocating because your body needs oxygen. And if you don't get it, you will die. Are you following? That should actually give you a certain understanding that if you want to be lifted into higher dimensions, you need to live beyond the human kind of life. That should clearly let you understand that. And we'll go into details on what oxygen actually is. So that you understand that a time will come, you would not need oxygen. Because this body will not be composed of oxygen again. Neither will it be composed of carbon. So we now understand what oxygen stands for. In the spirit, what can oxygen do to your soul? What can oxygen do to your spirit? Because when somebody lacks oxygen in himself, let's say somebody closes your nose for the next five minutes, you might die. And that death here actually means that your soul, your spirit soul being will be departing from your body. So the person is sucking your spirit soul being from your body by depriving your body of oxygen. That means that your spirit soul being actually thrives in the body on the premise of oxygen. Are you following? So we now understand the chemical connection between oxygen and the human soul. And this will bring a beautiful understanding to us. Because scientists made up their mind that they want to know where the soul of a man is found in his body. So they want to dissect somebody's um, anatomical structure and find, okay, now this is the soul. But they didn't know that the soul was not a physical entity. They did everything. They didn't find it. But then, they began to have some kind of understanding from some experiments that they conducted. There were times when they did blood transfusion where somebody who was in need of blood received blood from another man. And after a few months, the one who received the blood began to live a kind of life similar to the life of the guy who donated his blood. 
Then they were like, no. Then this thing is not just blood cake. There is something in it. Because if somebody's blood can be given to you, and you can later leave the kind of character that the person is having, then it means there is something in the blood we are not seeing. And behavior was actually a psychological thing. And when we speak of psychology, we are speaking of the faculties of the mind. And the mind is actually the seat of the soul. It is actually the, let me say, um, the high place of the, of the soul. So then they go to know that the behavior that people put up is actually from their souls. So if we transfuse blood into somebody else, we are actually transferring a dimension of the person's soul to the other. That is why Jehovah's Witness people will say they will never receive blood from anybody. That is their own understanding. Let them take it. Hmm. Are you following? At a certain point, they are medically right. But life is not only medical science. Life is highly spiritual. If you are getting the blood, we all know that when we partake of the blood of Jesus, his blood starts running through our veins and flowing through our veins. We all know. But this one, we will need what we call discerning to make it a reality. But then, let's say Jesus has come and they said, oh, um, you are anemic, so you would, you would need blood. And Jesus says, okay, fine, let me give you my blood. Will you say you will not take it? Jesus' blood. That blood that washed away our sins. I'm telling you. I will tell the doctors, but you Hallelujah. That is why partaking of the blood of Jesus is one of the greatest antidotes to any form of addiction. And it works on your character. If you have this understanding, you start experiencing glorious things. Are you, are you with me? So this physical body... It's 65, 65% sorry, of oxygen. Carbon is 18.5. Hydrogen, 9.5. 3.5% of nitrogen. And the, the rest of the 3.5% is for other elements. Now, we'll look at them one by one some other time. But then, that is this, our physical body. It was not so when Adam was freshly made. Adam was not made of oxygen kind of thing. No. Adam... A man that did not need a vision to see God. He would just see God wherever God is. God was even visiting him. 
in the garden, in the cool of the God was visiting Adam every evening. God. What? What kind of man was Adam like? Such a glorious being that God made. But then, according to the word of the Lord, we all know and the understanding and the conclusion that we've drawn that man was made of pure gold dust. And that pure gold dust will not result in the gold we know, but it will result in something that is clear as glass. And when we talk about glass also, we are linking it to silicon. So what is the function of silicon? We'll know that later. And the gold. We'll know that one too later. So the function actually of the silicon was to make the body of man transparent, hard, and long-lasting. Are you following me? Can you all hear me, please? That's great. That's great. That's great. So the, the purpose, the purpose of the silicon in the makeup of Adam's body was to make his body transparent. Second, was to make his body hard. Third, was to make his body long-lasting, long-lasting, so that it will not decay. Are you following? And the function of the gold in the body of Adam was to actually make his body to conduct light. When they say conduct light, to receive and emit light. Are you getting it? Good. Nice one. So now we've understood basically 
two of the elements that God used to make Adam's body and what they actually stand for. Now, when we ate of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, the word of the Lord said, God said, if you eat in the day that you eat, you will surely die. You will surely die. And when Adam ate, he died. When Adam ate, the death that happened was that he became flesh and blood. Adam became flesh and blood. That means he had actually moved from that realm of golden, glorious body now to this kind of body. So now, you look at the body, you don't find gold. You don't find silicon. It has now been made of different kind of elements. Are you following? Good. Different kind of elements. Now we need to first understand what these elements stand for. So that we now know how fallen we have become. So it has not become so simple for man to die. So simple. Somebody can hold your nose for five minutes, you are gone. Your whole destiny on earth has been shut down. How possible? Are you following? Okay, I think somebody asked a question. Okay, Sammy said that was there a possibility that Adam was blinded when it comes to physical realm and he only saw it after eating the food, but he was seen in the spiritual realm the same way we, we see in the physical. I mean, is our life right now opposite of Adam's own when it comes to seeing in the realms? Let me explain. During the time of Adam, there was not anything like the spirit realm different from the physical realm. There was emerging. Adam was actually living in the portal. Are you following? Adam was living in a place which is like a portal. Eden was heaven on earth. Now, heaven on earth there actually means that heaven meeting with the earth. Eden actually looked like, in a way, the place where Jacob went to sleep, where his eyes were opened and he saw a ladder that was moving from the earth to heaven. That place was a portal. So if you are in Eden, there is no difference between heaven and earth. You, you, are, you are seeing, it looks like you are already in heaven. Meanwhile, you are on the earth too. I, I don't know if you are getting that kind of, you are getting that um, explanation. In fact, this is what will also happen when Jesus returns. When Jesus returns, he's coming to merge heaven and earth with a new dimension called the new heaven and the new earth, which is called the new Jerusalem. 
And how it is going to happen is that, do you know that when Adam ate of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, everything changed? Everything changed. Everything changed. Are you following? All the atoms and the elements that were in creation changed and they all became fallen like the way we have fallen. That is why all creation, they are waiting earnestly for the manifestation of the sons of God. That the Christ in us will manifest in full glory when Jesus returns. That is when all things are also going to be changed. So we are not the only people that will be changed. There is going to be what we call the melting of the element. Are you following? Everything we see right now has already fallen. Whatever you see, it's not in its original nature. When Adam fell, all things fell. And for all things to come back to their original state, Adam must be the first person who will also come to his original state. And that is what Jesus is coming to restore. Are you following? So when we read the book of Acts, the Bible said, Jesus was received in heaven. Jesus was received in heaven, and he will remain in heaven till the time of the restitution of all things. In the book of Acts chapter 3, Verse 21, the Bible said, he must remain in heaven until the time of universal restitution. So you see, there is going to be a universal restitution. All things will go back to the way they used to be. But this whole thing will start when Jesus appears in his glory and we change. And when our bodies are changed to that glorious body, all the things that are connected to us in creation will also change. And that is what the Bible says. After that period, that is the period where we are going to experience the thousand years of the reign of Jesus Christ. It is not heaven on earth. It is heaven merged with the earth. Except that there is no difference between heaven and earth. You will not need a spiritual vision to see angels. Angels will become normal people that are walking around you. That you, you will even direct them on what to do. Angels, angels that we are struggling to see in, in our time now. In that age, oh glory, it is going to be an amazing experience. Hallelujah.
Can you all hear me, please? All right, all right. So kindly forgive me. Um, the big the big boy was misbehaving small, so I had to put things in order. All right, so. So we need to understand all these things, people of God. There is something that God is in a mission to do. When man fell, man subjected the whole creation to vanity. The whole creation was subjected by man to vanity. So everything that God made is right now on this earth living in its lower dimension because man himself is now having a vile body, a low body. And God has in his wisdom to bring man back to the place that he used to be. And it is not only man that will be brought back. That is what we call the restitution of all things. Universal restitution. Universal. And when everything goes back to its original position, you will now understand the life of Eden. How come Adam was just mingling around lions, putting his hand in their mouth, doing this and that, and nothing happened because all things were originally living according to God's glory. But now things have changed because we have fallen. Hallelujah. Great. So we all need to understand that. So the Bible said in the book of 2 Peter chapter 3 verse 10, the Bible said, But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night. Now when you hear of the day of the Lord, the Bible says that the path of the righteous is like a shining light that shines brighter and brighter unto a perfect day. And I told you that perfect day is the day of the Lord. Are you following? And when it is God's day that he's coming, we are talking about when Jesus would descend with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and even with the last trumpet of God. When he's coming to the believers, it is a glorious moment because that is when we are going to get our glorious bodies. This is what we call the judgment of the children of God. Our judgment. That is our judgment. So those that are dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain, we all will meet with them. We will meet with them, with the Lord in the air. That is the moment where we get changed. But then Peter is saying something that will happen when the day of the Lord comes. He said it will come like a thief because a thief to those who are in darkness. Are you following? Now let me just let you understand that side. Are you following? Good. So what will be the book of 1 Thessalonians chapter 5? Listen to what I'll come back to um, 
second peter 3 10 but i want you to read um, first thessalonians chapter 5 verse 1 to 4. this is what peter is um paul is telling the thessalonian church he said but of the times and the seasons brethren you have no need that i write unto you for yourselves know perfectly that the day of the lord so cometh as a thief in the night you see it's the same thing that peter also said but then paul went further to explain things and he said for when they shall say who, who shall say he said they if it was the church would have said when we are you getting it so when the ungodly people those who are not believers of christ he said good now concerning how and when all this will happen dear brothers and sisters we don't really need to write to you for you know quite well that the day of the lord's return will come unexpectedly like a thief in the night when people are saying everything is peaceful and secure then disaster will fall on them as suddenly as a pregnant woman's labor pains begin now verse 4 he said but you are not in in the dark about these things look at that now he spoke about night night is a dark time and that is the period where the thief will come to steal but he's now telling us that we are not in that kind of darkness so to us it is a day not a night i don't know if i get in the point to us, it is the day of the Lord because that is the moment where our light has shined onto a perfect day. It is a moment of light to us, a moment of glory. But to those that are in darkness, so he said, but you are not in the dark about these things, dear brothers and sisters, and you won't be surprised when the day of the Lord comes like, ah, you won't be surprised because you will be aware. It is to unbelievers who are asleep, who are dead, that this day will become like a thief coming in the night. We are not in darkness. He said, but ye brethren are not in darkness that the day should overtake you as a thief. Ye are all the children of light and the children of the day. Look at that. We are the children of light and the children of the day. What day? The Lord's day. That perfect day that our light has now shone into. This is beautiful. No wonder when Paul saw all those things, he was groaning. That is why when they began to see all this, they said, Maranatha, oh Lord, come. Because they are waiting for the coming of the Lord to get a glorious body, to be lifted in higher dimensions, to rule with Christ. But our fellow evangelists will say, yes, back. And when the Lord comes, this, oh, it be. It be. So they don't, you see, what is then the difference between a Christian and an unbeliever? Not at all is the, just a dear same. That is why we, we need to be very careful some of the things we listen to. Because one told Boasia, a man who is, who is he? People have zeal, but not of knowledge. They have zeal for God, power, and the things of God, but they don't have any knowledge. And if you are not careful, you can use your zeal to cast darkness onto somebody. That is very dangerous. 
Now, what is coming upon the unbelievers? We, we have done our work as the light of the world to make sure they come out of darkness into the light of God. But then, those that will listen, fine. Those that will not listen, whatever the Lord has to do with them is not our matter. It is the Lord's work. Are, are you listening to me? Unnecessary things. Unnecessary. This thing that they call rapture is actually the changing of our bodies. And that one, it is the coming of the Lord that will perfect these things. So now, Peter also, speaking about, about these things in the book of 2 Peter, chapter 3, verse 10, Peter said something, and I want us to all understand. Remember that when Paul was talking to the Corinthian church, he said, for we shall be changed in a moment. And I told you the word moment there is the Greek word atomos, which means atoms. So if every human being is actually made up of atoms, this your physical body is as a result of the kind of atoms you have in you. But when Jesus is coming, and I also told you that the combination, the coming together of the atoms form the elements. Are you following? So when Jesus is coming, the Bible said we shall be changed in our atoms. That means that in the very core of our DNA, that is where the change will happen. And when the change happens, it will reflect in your body. So some of you have, you, you are light-skinned because of the, com, the kind of complexion gene that is in your DNA. So even when you don't want to look fair, it is there. Some of you too, you are dark. It is, it is inside the DNA. So it is that which is genotypic that will later become phenotypic. <laughs> oh, I love genetics. So that which is inside is what will bring out that which is outside. The Bible calls it the seed and the body. So the word of the Lord said in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 15, that to every seed God gives it a body. When we ate of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, a particular seed was planted in us. That changed our body. So that now this body is now conformed to the kind of seed that is in us. So if God is coming to change, then he must change the seed. So when God changes the seed, and it is going to be changed from the atoms, so the changing of the atoms is actually the changing of the seed. In fact, God has already planted the seed, but then the Holy Ghost is helping us to change the physical body to, you know, to conform to the, that kind of seed that has been planted. And the seed that has been planted in us now is called the eternal life. So we have the gift of eternal life. And we have the promise of eternal life. They are not the same. When you believe in Jesus and you receive him, the Holy Ghost enters into you. The Holy Ghost is actually the embodiment of God's eternal life. So he's the gift of eternal life. So the Bible says those who receive the gift of righteousness and eternal life, are you getting it? So there is the gift dimension of the eternal life. That is to let you know that we are going to taste of the eternal life of promise 
which God has promised us with. So we will taste of a certain dimension of that glorious realm. That is why it is possible to bilocate even now. Even though you have not yet received your glorious body, it is a taste. Are you following? And that taste is made manifest through the Holy Ghost. That is why the Bible says the Holy Ghost is actually um, a down payment. It's a down payment for the glorious body we are yet to receive. <laughs> oh, amazing. So when we read the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 5, I want to talk about glorious body. I, 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 love, I love that dimension because I know what happened to Paul. How come a venomous snake bit the guy's hand? He shook the snake into fire and continued preaching. What at all is in his body that the venom of a snake doesn't affect him? What? What is in Paul's body? If these things, you see, and let me tell you, Paul, he said, I pray in tongues more than you all. I groan. Paul didn't want to die. He wanted to receive his glorious body once on earth. So, Second Corinthians chapter five, verse one downwards. Second Corinthians. Chapter 5, verse 1. Now listen to the context of Paul. Paul said, somebody said, that why eternal life? Why not everlasting life? Okay, I'll explain. I'll explain things into details. Okay, so relax. <laughs> it is just trying to um, qualify the kind of life it is. Are you getting it? That that life is eternal, no beginning, no end. So it is the it is the life that God is actually qualifying, not us. And that is the very very life of God. Are you following? Good. Now listen to this. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 1 downwards. Paul said, We know that if the earthly tent we live in torn, is torn down, he's talking about this physical body, we have a building in heaven that comes from God. He's talking about the glorious body. An eternal house, not built by human hands. Verse 2. For in this one we groan, since we long to put on our heavenly dwelling. So you see, Paul wants to put on his heavenly body. He calls it a house. He calls it a building. He calls it a dwelling. So when you hear, you don't think it is a certain house that they use cement and, and mortar. Just a, you see? Na evangelist that painted picture the gold will sit down with heavy amount. Now, 
Ese mu de ni pa dwene no na mo sade. Eh o. Ni pa dwene no. Kana we human natural thinking. You are not serious. Okoda in the heavenly realms. You want to sleep. You think you're a human being again at that moment? <laughs> People don't know that we are about to be changed, though. They don't know. The human sign died in your humanity. You are not serious. You did evangelism, you have a microphone, you have a microphone, you have a microphone, you have a microphone, you have a you have a when people die, they get message. They go to the cemetery. That will be the cameras. Stupid message. Stupid message. What is wrong with them? You think man is the fallen nature that we are now? Who told you? Don't you read the Bible? Don't you read the Bible? So the only thing they do is they scare people with death. If I catch anybody, <laughs> may the Lord have mercy. Now we are reading what Paul is saying. Paul said, Of course, if we do put it on, we will not be found without a body. Mm. So while we are still in this tent, we groan under our beddings because we do not want to put it off. That means to die, but to put it on so that our dying bodies may be swallowed up by life. Mm. That's fine. He said, God has prepared us for this and has given us his spirit as a guarantee. Look at that. So the reason why you have the Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost is a guarantee for the glorious body you are here to receive. Ah, so if you have the Holy Ghost, it means you receive your glorious body. It's the guarantee. <laughs> oh my God. said, God himself has prepared us for this. And as a guarantee, he has given us his Holy Spirit. So God is telling you, I have a glorious body. I'm going to prepare it for you. But then, let me give you another comforter. This comforter I'm giving you is a clear sign that I'll bring the glorious body that I've promised you. Shalom. Bye-bye. Then Jesus left. <laughs> So anytime you, you know that the Holy Ghost is in you and with you and upon you, oh, you know that there is a glorious body. And that is why the Holy Ghost in you, his main work is to quicken your mortal body, to give life to it, so that once you are waiting for your glorious body from God, the Holy Ghost will also, will also be changing your DNA gradually right now, so that it will now look like there is a magnet on a table and another magnet in your hand on top. When you are bringing the one in your hand on the top downwards, you realize that the one that is on the table will rise up and meet with the one 
that is in your hand. This is actually what is going to happen. They will become one. So when the Holy Ghost is almost done with the work of changing our vile bodies into a glorious body, Jesus will finalize it by bringing it to us. So when the Holy Ghost is ready, and we are also ready, then the Holy Ghost, that is when the bride, that is us, and the Holy Ghost will say, Lord, come. That is the word Maranatha. And that is where Jesus will come. So it's in that moment where we are going to receive our glorious bodies. That is actually the wedding ceremony. So the wedding ceremony, when they are putting ring on your finger, that is the moment you are receiving your glorious body. It is called the judgment of the, of the saints. So now when you begin to you see, Paul in the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 5 is talking about the glorious body we are yet to receive. Now let's go further and listen to what Paul will say. He said, God has prepared us for this and has given us his spirit as a guarantee. Therefore, we are always confident and we know that as long as we are at home in this body, we are away from the Lord. For we live by faith, not by sight. We are confident then and would prefer to be away from this body and to live with the Lord. Verse 9. So whether we are at home or away from home, our goal is to be pleasing to him. Now, he's talking about body glorious body but then look at what he said in verse 10 he said for we all must appear before the judgment seat of the messiah so that each of us may receive what he deserves for what he has done in his body whether good or worthless hmm. when you hear this we all must appear before the judgment seat of christ now no 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 it is talking about the glorious body you are going to receive. That means that what you are doing with the Holy Ghost in this, your body now, will determine the glorious body you are going to receive. We all are going to be changed to be like Christ, but in different graduations. Based on what you did with the Holy Ghost in this, your body, and the kind of reward you receive when Jesus returns. The reward is actually a dimension of a glorious body. I don't know if somebody's getting my point. <laughs> so there are two workings here. There is the eternal life that the Holy Ghost is in you to confirm as a gift. And the eternal life that Jesus is bringing as your glorious body from heaven. But then what you do with the gift will determine what God will entrust you with when Jesus returns. People of God, this is what is ahead of us. This is what is ahead of all of us. This is what is ahead of all of us. Now, when you begin to read the book of Revelation, the Bible said that when Jesus descends, we are going to be changed. We will rule with him for a thousand years. Now, the Bible said after the thousand years, that period of thousand years in the most holy place, I hope you are getting the whole picture now. That thousand years, it is actually the perfect square of the most holy place. Ten by ten by ten. Which gives. So that moment we are experiencing the Shekinah glory of God. We are being changed into his glory. We all with open faces beholding us in a glass. The glory of God are changed into that same image from glory to glory. 
Now, the highest point that Satan can even get to is the holy place. So the Bible said, when you see the abomination of desolation standing in the holy place, Satan cannot enter the most holy place. That is why it is only in the church age, the holy place where the seven lampstands are found that Satan can be around. So even in, our, in the church age right now, Satan is still around misbehaving. But there is a certain age that is coming. That is the millennium, the thousand years reign of the Lord Jesus. Where heaven and earth mix together. And we, we stand on earth and we are in, already in heaven. We lift our heads, we are seeing angels around us. Doing, there, is, there is no difference between heaven and earth. This is what God is trying to achieve. That is why, because Satan cannot enter into the most holy place, because Satan cannot enter into the most holy place, during the thousand years of reign, he would be bound, according to the book of Revelation. An angel came and bound Satan in chains and threw him into the bottomless pit for thousand years. And that thousand years were reigning with Christ. So look at that. A life where there is no Satan. <laughs> How will it look like? There is no Satan. No demons. Nothing. When you begin to see this, you just want to be there. You want to experience this thing. This is when... The, the apostles saw, when they saw this, they, they began to, oh Lord, come, oh Lord, come. The Lord said, wait, wait. <laughs> Maranatha. They know what they're about to get. Now, can I, can I show you the secret? Everybody that died and is in heaven has not yet received his glorious body. Not even Abraham, not even Enoch, not even Elijah, not even Moses. None of them because we are all going to receive our glorious bodies at the return of the Lord Jesus Christ. But then, the returning of the Lord Jesus is dependent on what we have used the Holy Ghost to do, which is also according to the gift of eternal life in us. So we can even delay the return of Jesus Christ. Are you following? Is, is this not beautiful? Now let's read let's read what Peter said finally then we close. In the book of 2 Peter chapter 3 verse 10. He said, "But the day of the Lord will come as unexpectedly as a thief and we know that it will come as a thief to those that are in darkness, but we we are children of the day, we are the children of light, so it will not take us by surprise." He said, then the heavens will pass away with a terrible noise and the very elements themselves will disappear in fire. What is Peter trying to say here? Peter is trying to say that when God, when Jesus is descending, this realm, this realm that we see, this physical realm that has been subjected I'm, I will show you the element that is he's talking about the atoms and the elements not the element as in the four elements God used 
Are you, are you getting it? So what, what he's trying to say is that God is going to change the, the atomic structure, the elements of everything. And when he does that, this earth will change because when Jesus is coming, a new heaven and a new earth will be coming with him. Because the Bible said, John said, I saw a new heaven and a new earth, the new Jerusalem, coming from God out of heaven. Coming from God out of heaven. Now, that is the dimension where we are going to dwell. He said, the very elements themselves will disappear in fire. And the earth and everything on it will be found to deserve judgment. Now, that judgment there is when the fire comes upon the elements to change the elements. I told you, even we receiving our glorious body is a judgment. That is why Paul said, we all shall appear before the judgment seat of Christ. It does not mean, hey, brah, what do we need to do this in force? That's not, that's not what is about to happen. <laughs> Are you following? The judgment of believers is different from the judgment of unbelievers. Do you know that even when Jesus descends, those that are dead who were not believers in Christ, they will not resurrect. But only those that are dead in Christ will resurrect. And those that are alive and remain will join hands with them. So after the thousand years of reign with Christ, the Bible now said, The angel that threw Satan into the bottomless pit for the thousand years will lose Satan for a while. Now, when Satan is loose for a while, with serious anger, he will mobilize the Nephilim. He will mobilize all the things, all the things that he's using against us. You know, he tried to destroy us by changing our nature, by mixing it with angelic nature and men became evil beings women gave birth to the nephilim he will mobilize the nephilim again to come and fight the believers we who have changed <laughs> we that our bodies have changed in a glorious way they want to come and fight us now you see that kind of fight is not gun spear and that kind of battle no no no, no. because by then there is no blood in us we have been changed into glorious beings and the Bible even said the moment they gather, that war is what we call the Armageddon War. When they gather to make war, all of a sudden fire will come from above and consume them. So we will not even fight. We will not even know where they will gather. <laughs> and that is when Satan will be thrown into the lake of fire. All the Nephilim will be consumed. Every when you even listen to eschatology, just say, dekwa. So beautiful, but the evangelist ne ye ye oho. the SD for ne keka. Their main focus is now if you move here, uh, tribulation from tribulation we are going here. Then you see the whole focus is about what God is going to do for His people. We don't even know that we. Oh, Radinami. So understand that that fire that is going to change the elements is actually what is going to give us the glorious body. And that is the fire that I told you that even believers will walk through. 
That is what we call the, the, the fiery stream that is coming from the presence of God. I told you that even believers will go through that lake of fire. It is the fire of God. But what it does is that it, will, it is melting. And how we will go through it, you will not even know. By the time you realize, bah, within a twinkling of an eye, we have experienced that. And we have come out with a glorious body. But then our glorious bodies will differ based on what we did in this physical body when God gave us the Holy Ghost as the guarantee. This is beautiful. Someone said, which means Satan is not going to die. Satan will be thrown into the lake of fire. That is his last place. The Bible calls it the second death. Totally disconnected. Totally gone. Satan. Hell. Death. False prophet. The beast. All of them straight into the lake of fire. And that place will also be the, the abode of unbelievers. Because if you are an unbeliever, you'll be in hell. So when hell is being thrown into the lake of fire, you will join. <laughs> but we just need to understand. That is the part I don't, because many people don't have that height of understanding to bear it. Are you following? I told you the fire of God does two things. It is either it purifies or it consumes. But it is God's fire. So lake of fire is not Satan's fire. Are you listening to me? Nice one. All right. God bless you and keep all of you strong in Jesus' mighty name. Today I wanted to talk about the chemical composition of the stones that were found in the garment of the priest. But then the Lord has helped us with this one. Um, I'll continue, God willing, either Saturday or Sunday or then next week. We'll talk about the chemical composition of the Sadios stone and know its true meaning. Oh, God bless you, son. Kwame Fusu, God bless you. So I hope you are doing well. I've missed you, pa. So we we'll talk about the chemical composition of the sadio stone, the topaz, the carbuncle, the onyx, the jasper, and the rest. We we'll know what all of them stand for in God. And why God needed them to be in the priest's garment. And the Lord will help us and grant us divine grace in Jesus' precious mighty name. I pray for you all. May the heavens open above you. May the Lord open your eyes even to experience the power of God in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus. Amen. Alright, the Lord bless you and keep all of you strong. Someone said, Daddy, please, will you be... Oh, my son, the royal doctor said, Daddy, please, will you be setting this week's quiz questions? So for me, set it there, I won't try to cry. And to the war set, why? The war set. Because some of my questions, 
will be like the Mamun Chasu. Hallelujah. I know a man of God who started a certain school of ministry. Even his pastors failed. Hey! And in the man of God's church, it is when you, you pass one um, level, then you go to the other level. So that's how the whole thing is like. We be here usher 15 years because they also When the person writes that exams, you are failing. You go back to the ushering place, bending. So people who were supposed to be pastors, elders, are still ushers because. They are, they are failing. Because the questions of the man of God is not MCQ. It's not multiple choice questions where you do C, 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 Naraku, then you maybe a hell say, or San Wait in a corner, ah, C, then I choose to see. You are not serious. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> That is why we are going to do something. In my, in my generation, we'll do something we call theosophy, not theology. Theology is the study of God. You know, it is much more of academic kind of thing, especially when you look at systematic theology. It's like an academic thing, you know. I know what I'm talking about because I've gone through um, theological schools, so I know. But then theosophy, theosophy actually speaks much more of the wisdom of God encapsulated in man. And it's steady. <laughs> uh, oh, that question there, definitely I would ask. The Lord bless all of us and keep all of us strong in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus. Amen. So right after here, I'm going to upload the message if you want to revisit it you can do so god bless you and keep all of you strong in the mighty name of the lord jesus amen there is somebody you have a brother who is 15 years old a brother who is 15 years old who is actually supposed to be in the senior high school. But then, spiritually, it looks like there was an attack on his BC results. The Lord is bringing a change right now in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus. May the Lord open the heavens even for your family in Jesus' precious mighty name. Amen. God bless you and keep all of you strong in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus. Amen.
all right so i'm going to upload the message right after here you can um, go and download it if you feel led by the spirit of the lord to release any seed the number is 024031255102403125551 god bless you we are going to meet this night at exactly 12 a.m for um priesthood time it's been a long time we met for priesthood time we are going to meet this night so make sure you join us make sure you take your holy communion this evening make sure you take your holy communion this evening god bless you and keep all of you strong caring god bless you i hope everything is fine the lord bless you and keep all of you strong in the mighty name of the lord jesus amen ah hey okay please keep sending your port points please keep sending your port points we are really behind na misremopa and we have just 8 days or so for the month to end so keep sending your port points so that we can get um our silver badge by the close of the month god bless you and also next week wednesday is mega one word from the lord next week wednesday wednesday is mega one word from the lord i think the date is going to be 29th so make sure you invite your friends and loved ones to join god bless you and keep all of you strong shalom bye bye ah hey okay lego 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 okay lego 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 who say god no day who say who say god no day who say ah hey okay lego 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 okay lego 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 who say god no day who say who say god no day who say god no go fit me away who say god no go do i'm again who say god no day who say who say god no day who say god no go fit me away who say god no go do i'm again Massa, I be yanka susu kasa. Jina chaina mindi massa. Mimi hanki na mihi mansa. Massa, nana nyame ni kita ansa. Mela nyame ni kita power. Jina chaina mindi massa. Mindi massa. Who say God no day? Who say who say God no day? Who say God no go fit make away? Who say God no go do am again? Who say God no day? Who say who say God no day? Who say God no go fit make away? Who say God no go do I'm again. No go do I'm again. Who go do I'm again. Who say God no go fit make it rain? Who say God no go take all the pain? Who say God no go fit make it change? You go they do make it bust your brain. You go they cruise where you just complain. When our enemies go they do skin pain. But we be cool where we just maintain. Massa, ever yanka susu kasa. Jinan China mindi massa. Mi mi hanki na mi hi mansa. Massa, nana nyame ni kita ansa. Mela me nyame ni kita power. Jinan China mindi massa. Who say God no day? Who say who say God no day? Who say God no go fit make away? Who say God no go do am again? Who say God no day? Who say who say God no day? Who say God no go fit make away? Who say God no go do am again? Who say God no day? Who say who say God no day? Who say God no go fit make away? Who say God no go do am again? Who say God no day? Who say who say God no day? Who say God no go fit make away? Who say God no go do am again? Yes. Ah.
Jesus' name. We shall all meet. Shalom. Bye-bye.